You're listening to the Auburn Express. Good morning and War Eagle War Report family, your man Ike Jones. The morning drop, it is Monday, January 30th, 2023. We're here talking about year two impact players on defense. Which players will be getting it done for Auburn football's defense this coming season that are in their second year on the Plains? Let's drop it on them. Welcome to those of you in War Eagle, to everybody out here in the comments. We are talking about Auburn football defense, and we're just going to get the conversation started with who in year two, and you guys can go ahead and chime in in the chat, who in year two do you think is going to have the most impact on the defense? Um I told you that he was going to be hopping in here in just a minute, potentially. And he is here now, my guy, B-Will, to join the conversation. What? Hey. Hold on, first and foremost, man. You doing all right this morning? You good? You good? Doing all right, man. I'm having to do more tech support than I like in in the AM. But, you know, we're here, man. We're here. Hey, Hey, it is what it is, man. You know, we all have internet issues, hopefully. I don't have any internet issues myself. I probably just knocked on my desk and made my dog think somebody was knocking on the door. So if he starts barking, then you know what's up. But um, but yeah, we're talking year two, Auburn football defense. Who in their second year on the Plains do you expect to have a big impact on what's going down on the football field? You have a choice for year two players. There's a lot of guys that you could throw out there. Listen, Jeffrey Emba's in his second year. Keontae Scott's in his second year. DJ James is in his second year. Um, I mean, as far as players, there's just a ton of guys who were freshmen last year that we didn't see, you know, from your Woodyards that were out there that's going to be in their second year. Um, so yeah, I'm just throwing some names out there. Who who do you think year two, this is going to be the guy has a potential maybe even to be all SEC guy for the team? Because because defensively, the only guy that made all SEC, Derek Hall. That's it. We didn't have any other All-SEC contenders. Is there a guy in year two that you think could do that? I'm really surprised that DJ James wasn't. But then again, I mean, our team success usually doesn't affect that, but maybe it did. I don't know. But if if I'm going year two, there are two guys that interest me the most. One would be Woodyard mm. and one would be Emba. Mm. Will you get a guy that size with what we expected his athleticism to be? So it's hard not to say, okay, this guy going to be can't miss but we knew he was a work in progress he had only played football for so long definitely didn't play high school ball he didn't go to high school in the united states so there was a lot for him to figure out physically and mentally about this game at this level and he got in the game he got some snaps um i didn't look and see specifically on 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 plays how well he did on the snaps that he got i saw him flash a couple of times you know he got in the backfield a couple of times but i want to see that man turn the corner he seems like a mature dude. He seems like he understands, hey, there's work in front of me to be done. I'm here to get better. And he wants to be great. But I want to see a man that size. First of all, you're wearing number five. All right. Number five that's, comes with that's, some. That's big shoes or a big jersey to feel, even that, though it's a low a, number. That, that's a really big jersey to feel. Low number, but 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 big impact. I want to see him live up to that number five. There's not much more to it than interior defensive line we've got a lot of bodies now 
Mm-hmm. We've got a lot more bodies now from uh, the Kentucky transfer, the former five-star that we picked up. Jason Jones is still in there. Really mm-hmm. big guys. Mm-hmm. I think we got somebody out from JUCO that was a, a defensive lineman. I can't remember his name. We got the freshman from Arkansas. He was committed to Arkansas. We flipped him in the incoming class. Mm-hmm. And we've got Anije Sledge from, from the last Sledge, who again is another guy who will be in year two. He'll he he didn't play very much last year, but year two guy Anije Sledge. Marcus right. Harris, you haven't named. Right. Well, Mark, uh, this is his third year, but I'm just saying as far you just name a defensive yeah, line. Bodies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, Marcus Harris gonna be up there. Uh mm-hmm. the the kid from Maryland that transferred in. Um right. always Nasil Kite. Um, yeah, so a lot of bodies up front. So we got a lot of bodies, and I want to see him cut through these bodies. I want to see him being be a starter. I want to see him be a phenomenal impact player. I don't know how how much value there is in necessarily starting when you've got this many bodies. Cause if I was the defensive line coach, I'd be like, I'm I'm gonna go, we've got an A team and B team. And and I'm gonna swap y'all out and y'all are all gonna get some reps. But I do, I want to see Emba cut through that. I want to see him come to the front of that line and be an impact player, man. From the inside, I want to see inside pressure. Jason Jones actually is a a year two player. I forgot about that. Like he was such a staple last year for us, but Jason Jones would be a year two player on this defense. And I know he was hampered early, like from the outset of the season, he was hampered with with an arm injury. Um, which, as you can imagine, man, you're trying to get leverage and push, push on these guys that are trying to push on you, your arm being compromised at all. It's just <laughs> hold That will hold you back. But um, I want to see him. Of course, I want to see him be great. But Emba had so much hype. I want to see him live up to that hype. Hmm. You, you you name yourself Thanos, man. I don't think anybody else said, hey, he looks like Thanos. Let's call him that. No, you called <laughs> you Thanos. I want to see you be Thanos out there. I want to see you be inevitable. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. Y'all know I'm I have a an inherent bias in what I'm about to say because mm-hmm. my guy is in year two mm-hmm. and I'm expecting him to be out here and be a playmaker. You know, he still might be returning punts a little bit for us. So hopefully he can make some plays in the punt return game. But y'all know my guy is Keontae Scott, man. Mm-hmm. I want to see Keontae Scott out there locking fools down this year, making big plays. I think the thing that I like most most about Keontae Scott is he wants to make the play. Right. Right. He he wants to be in the right position. He's a really smart kid. Um, so I, you know, I'm a big Keontae Scott fan. I just like the effort and energy that he brings. Um, but I think if I'm if I if I were to like rank it, like I think last year uh we did this thing where um put out like a ranking of who we thought were going to be the five most impactful players on defense just overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and we might do something like that again this year. But if I'm ranking year two players. Number one on that list has to be DJ James, uh, just because I think that DJ, though he's in year two at Auburn, he's he's going to be in year four as a starter out here. He was a starter at Oregon. He came in here, started last year for us, um, and he was, to me, one of the best defensive backs in the conference, right? Um, then... Keontae Scott's going to be my number two guy, just because I think that Keontae Scott's that kind of playmaker. Number three is probably going to be Jason Jones, just because I think that he, in the type of defense that we're going to run and the seniority and the leadership he's going to bring to that room, he's going to be a big player for us. Um, A fourth guy that I would throw in there, this is more hopeful than it is. Well, let me start with Jeffrey Emba, I think, will be definitely a guy who... He showed flashes last year. He has all the athleticism. He has all the strength, the speed, all the things necessary. Another year of development. It's going to be a lot for Coach Garrett to really refine the the rough edges around Jeffrey Emba to have him playing at a high level. Um, 
And then my fifth guy, it's I, I want to go 5A and 5B because I haven't seen enough of either of these guys, but I am so intrigued by the prospect of both Robert Woodyard and Aniche Sledge. I think both of those guys can be amazing just from, again, from the athletic profile of them. I think that they fit what we need to be able to do. Aniche Sledge is a strong, powerful kid who can be quick, right? And then Robert Woodyard just seems to have that frame to play linebacker. He has a tenacity to get downhill against the run. And we just haven't had a downhill linebacker in a couple of years, right? right? Like right. it's been about three years since we really had a guy who was down. Like even when you think about um, Zacoby McClain, right? Zacoby McClain wasn't necessarily downhill, like tackle for loss against the run kind of guy. He was more so like an eraser. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. You get past the second level. You're not getting, I mean, past the first level, you're not getting no more, right? right. Like this is going to be it. You know, he was a little undersized to meet people in the hole consistently and drive them backwards. He was more so meet you in the hole and make sure you don't get no further than this point. Right. Sure, Jack. Like, yeah, but you weren't getting that downhill. And I'm trying, well, I'm trying to think of Deshaun Davis, but who was the guy right after Deshaun Brent. Davis? KJ yes. Britt. KJ Britt is what I'm talking about. Like forceful downhill. Meet when we meet right here, it's gonna be a big collision. I felt like Steiner could be that guy. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't that guy consistently because he had he was he was he's a thumper. He brings it. He just wasn't consistently in the right position. And he so I I, I miss that guy who downhill against the run. We're going to make a collision here, and that's it. Like, this is the last of the yardage you're getting on this play. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that Robert Woodyard could be that guy. Um, but that's more hopeful and wishful thinking because I haven't seen him do it at the collegiate level just because he hasn't had the snaps to do it. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. Now here's the rest of your Morning Drop. But let's get over into the comment section to see what you all are saying as your year two hopefuls. And I will start it off with Matt Reeves, who says it's not his second year, but Jalen Simpson in year two of being a safety could have a massive year. Yo, I would love to see them make that move over there. Um, so at safety, I know he had, he's been back there a while, but um, uh, Puckett. Puckett, I, mm -hmm. I feel like there was a better place. I know there was some talk, maybe there's somebody who can move down to outside linebacker for us, excuse me, the linebacker, just kind of that safety linebacker hybrid. So he puts on a little weight, and that way he's kind of um, trolling left to right. We, so we'll have some more speed at the linebacker position um, because we've got plenty of DBs that are true DBs back there. We, I, I don't want to say anything negative about Puckett, man. He's out there. He's giving his body, and and they're doing everything that that's asked of him. But we did. We needed more um, from a from a tackling standpoint, um, and and being out of position sometimes for Puckett it was an issue. I thought Simpson did a great job back there when he was back there, a short tackler, and as a as a corner, he was a really hard impact player and, and tackler as well, which is why the transition to safety made sense. I was glad to see this staff do that once. Uh, Brian Harson left because I think Simpson was hurt last year, but once he came back, they put him in safety. Or was he 
on the field the entire time and they put him in safety. I don't remember. I think he was hurt for a minute, yeah. Yeah. Um, plus, I mean, you had you had a better corner. I mean, DJ James was a, a better corner. So I you see why he got those snaps. And, and Keontae Scott, I thought, was a slightly better corner. Um, he was able to stick his man, stick with his man a little better than, than Simpson was. So, yeah, Simpson, year two, I liked him back there a lot. Now, my question is, you got a lot of guys at safety who can still contribute mm-hmm. right now. Caden Bridges. Um, you've got uh, Little Wooden back there. I'm calling Caleb, him Little. Yeah. <laughs> he's not He's not small to me. He's just smaller than the, the Wooden that just left. But yeah. um, we got a lot of bodies at safety that could also do that job. So, yes, I, I like the idea of Simpson back there. But, hey, I don't know who else. We could have just super studs back there and, and everybody's fighting for position. They're going to have to figure that out, man. That defensive back rotation is going to be very interesting. That's one of the, to me, the more intriguing battles that's going to happen in the spring because I think it's going to be a big reason why people hit the transfer portal afterwards is who is going to be in that two deep rotation or how they're going to decide to do that rotation. James Barnett jumps in. I think Emba and DJ James going to eat. Mm-hmm. Emba and DJ James are going to eat next season. We definitely think that a lot of those two guys, hopefully we see some dividends. Yeah. Uh, RTJ Beats says, DJ James going off. Oh, yeah. Oh, listen, uh, man. Yeah. DJ James is a lockdown guy on the outside. Glad to have him on the squad. Looking forward to seeing him in year two here at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valencia is giving a boon to my guy, Keontae Scott. So hopefully, you know, we see some big things from him this year. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see the battle for who's going to be the opposite corner from DJ James, because I think mm-hmm. Keontae Scott can put a bid in for that. Of course, Nehemiah Pritchett is back for another season. Is he going to be a guy that can do that? Um, I thought it was interesting, too, that Pritchett, um, though he seemed like he was a decent returner, didn't get any returning snaps last year. So he didn't he wasn't put in right. a returner. So I'm wondering how that battle is going to be for that. Uh, Haley Tubb says, Imba has to go off this year. You can't be nicknamed Thanos and not be a problem on defense. Echoing sentiments that right. Will had earlier. Thanos needs to be a havoc maker up front. Uh, Leanne Owen says, Wardam Eagle, we are going over to see the Lady Tigers play hoops this eve. Auburn's women, two-game win streak right now in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Congrats to them. Uh, beating Ole Miss and Kentucky in consecutive games. Uh, hopefully they can get their third SEC win uh, coming up here. Um, she said, also adds, I think Wooden is going to have a great year. I'm assuming she's talking about Caleb Wooden, yeah. the younger brother of Colby Wooden, who is a secondary player for us right now. Um, listen, he had, a by you know most accounts, a great spring last spring. Didn't mm-hmm. see the field a lot, right? right. So it's going to be interesting to see now um, – if they are splitting the back end, which it seems like they are, that means that that safety room is going to be coached by Zach Etheridge, right? Mm-hmm. And so those guys don't necessarily have to impress a new guy. They just have to, you know, right. Etheridge should know what he has in that room back there. And mm-hmm. there's going to be an interesting battle to be had for snaps uh, when it comes to that room. Legit says, was really excited about Gilbert after watching his film. Speaking of Marquise Gilbert, Mm -hmm. the transfer Juco safety that came in, he was another guy who I thought was going to, if I were penciling in guys that I thought were just going to automatically be starters, I automatically assumed the Juco guys, especially a guy who was rated the number one Juco safety coming in, was going to come in and start immediately for us. And that wasn't what ended up happening. Um, So I do think it's going to be interesting to see how that progresses because you do, as we will say, to have a lot of talent on the back end in that safety room specifically. We do. 
uh, James Sawyer hoping for big things from Woodyard. Listen, yeah, man. that's so like you would like you were diagnosed in our linebacker position going back a few years. I I want a thumper in the middle, man. Like I mm-hmm. want our middle linebacker to be a scary dude. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I felt like like you said, Wesley Steiner could get there. He could get back there, but he wasn't as sure tackler as we had seen, and that's something that. With our linebackers under T. Will, even with slightly smaller as Kobe McLean, I'm going to get you down. Mm-hmm. And that was that was T. Will's mental profile was I'm undersized. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get you down. And seeing that from from KJ Britt to Sean Davis, and also from uh, Zacoby McLean, I felt like we were spool, not spool. We just we could count on that position to be solid. We we yeah. could, and we haven't been able to uh, for the one year that that Zacoby wasn't there. And I mean. I think it made just such a huge difference in how we were able to handle the run that our entire defense was compromised. If you can, if we can run on you, man, we can we can dictate the terms. Offenses can dictate to defenses that can't stop one thing or the other very well, and it's been an issue. So yeah, I want Woodyard to step in there. I'm still a little surprised Woodyard didn't get more burn. I'm very surprised Woodyard like was it physically he wasn't recovered from his his off season you know recovery whatever the injury was he had his senior year. Or was it just, again, the old staff going up, you got to cross all these hurdles to get on the field, and we have to be impressed with this or that or the other? I I don't know, man, but if anybody has even the remote scent of dog on them, I'm putting them in the game. That's what I would do. Yeah, I, I, listen, man, I don't don't know what to make of anything evaluative that happened with this last staff um, as far as people's ability to process what's happening in the football game or – how much they earned playing time, right? I just, I, I feel like knowing what I know about the last four games of the season and knowing what I know about, you know, things that happened behind the scenes, I feel like I have to throw out everything I thought I knew right. about what was happening in right. meeting rooms, in practices, mm-hmm. and and all of that right now. I just, it, it I, none of that information is valuable to me right now. I can right. only evaluate what I saw on the field as far as play is concerned. Right. And that was concerning from the linebacker position. Mm. So your natural inclination or thought process is if these are the best two, three, four guys that we have available at linebacker, we're in trouble. Right. And we need to figure something else out. So are, are these guys just not ready to play? Are they physically injured? Like what's going on? Like why do we not see the kid that transferred from North Carolina out here playing um, Eugene Asante. Why is he not playing if this is what we're getting from linebacker play, right? right? Especially after um, you get the injury from from Cam Riley. Cam Riley goes down. It's like, all right, cool. So who's going to step in? And you go to... You know, again, it feels like I'm I'm dogging Wesley Steiner right now, but he had a lot of missed tackles. He was out of position a lot. Like, I don't right. know what else to do with that. When you get to the Mississippi State game, you even get down to Barton Lester coming right. and getting snaps before Robert Woodyard sees the field, before Eugene Asante sees the field, right. before Desmond Tisdall sees the field, right? Like, right. so I'm just like, what's happening that gets you to that is, is what's, and I always invert his first and last name because they're both last names. <laughs> is it Gordon Powell or Powell Gordon? I think it's Gordon Powell. I, th- I don't know. Man, anyway, now nah, I got to look it up. Go yeah, ahead. See, like, uh, but like, okay, so if Barton Lester could earn a, a spot on the field, how come he couldn't as a PWO? Like, I'm just like, I just don't, I don't know how to evaluate what I saw versus what I think based upon what I saw, right? Powell Gordon. You're Powell right. Gordon, right. So like, 
is he a guy who could be a player for us next year? I don't know. I don't know. I have no clue what we have in that room because I no longer trust the evaluation of what was happening based right. upon the drastic turnaround of what happened in those last four games. Right. So is it you just didn't like that coach or you weren't given that kind of efforts like, oh, well, I like the coach now. Let me step. I just I don't know. I have no clue. Yeah. If the culture was just that toxic that it just didn't allow people to be their best selves. I don't know. Yeah. But at, at a certain point, though, now with the, with what the staff did towards the end of the season, you need to go with the guys who actually understand what the defense is doing because Schmetting was still there. Right. So even if Schmetting wasn't in control of personnel early when under Harson, if he was in control of personnel later, you've got to go with the guys who now have been running the system the most. So I, I see why you don't say, all right, you've been missing tackles, you sit down. It's like, yeah, but you know what we're doing. Even if you don't do it great, you know what we're doing. We got to roll with you. But right. the, now Barton Lester raises, that's, that's the interesting question because you skip quite a few uh, linebackers to get to Barton Lester on, on the depth chart. So were right. those guys just, I don't know, where does it come become a situation where, all right, these guys are fighting and they really want to get on the field, but they don't see any path to playing time, so they get disengaged. Right. They're like, man, I'm, I'm not going to play, man. But Barton Lester stayed engaged the whole time. He brought it at practice. He did what was asked of him. And, and for that reason, once the change did happen, he was first up when the, the linebacker room got thinner. I don't know, man. There's a lot of things that go into once a culture gets bad, a lot of stuff changes and it right. gets kind of funky, man. So people stop giving their best for different reasons. But hopefully, I mean, with the bodies we have there, you you figure a change of coach, a change of culture, you're going to get everybody giving their best, especially right now, because you do have somebody new to impress. Aldridge right. came from Liberty. Listen, he was a he was the interim head coach. It's not like he right. was... The, just the interim DC. He was the interim head coach, so he knows what he's looking for in in attitude and talent. So hopefully, you you put on your best and get on the field under this new linebacker coach. Yeah, and and Roberts is a linebacker guy, right? right. So you're you're gonna have, I think, and it, there's going to be a a lot of responsibility placed on the shoulders of the linebackers. You need to step up in that room for sure. Um, so that you can get into that rotation. Uh, cool Breeze says, K. Scott, my guy Keontae Scott, getting some new, some more love there. James Sawyer jumps in, we need one badly to knock somebody's teeth loose, talking oh, yeah. about middle linebacker. Yeah, man. I'm, hopefully, I, 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 you watch more film, of course, than I have. What was um, Cam Riley's profile like when he was on the field? Of the snaps that he got, what did he look like? Uh, I mean, so he Cam Riley's definitely a quick diagnoser. He fairly good tackler. Like he didn't miss a lot of tackles. He took some bad angles every now and then. But he's not he he's not somebody I would consider a thumper. But he's I think he's a reliable guy in the linebacker room that mm-hmm. is going to be where he needs to be. He's he's long and has long arms, right? Mm-hmm. So he covers a lot of ground and he's able to make tackles. Most guys wouldn't be able to just because he's a bigger dude, but because he's so long, he's also able like leverage might be an I- a issue for him every now and then. But okay, I, got you. I think that he's a he's a, a very solid guy, and maybe now in his additional year of having some more experience, he'll be a guy that we can rely on more frequently. Um, in that room, but he definitely has a physical profile that could be someone who can be impactful for us. He's not fast enough, I don't think, as a pass rusher to be like a jack linebacker, mm-hmm. though he does have the physical profile of one. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what he turns into in, in this new defense. Yeah. 
Uh, Derek Anderson jumps in. We all know Robert's defense is really good against the run. The main thing I want to see is the pass defense be good and be able to create pressure without having to send the house. Um, uh, James, if uh, Derek, excuse me, if you had the uh, opportunity to watch the film stuff that we've been doing, um, I'm not sure if you're a patron because I'm not looking at you know the the list of the patron memberships. Go back and watch that. We're looking at the um, defensive stuff. Um, I've got one more clip that I need to roll through on the last of that Oklahoma film, but. Um, what you see is a lot of simulated pressure in this defense, a lot of zone blitzing, which is, you know, they're really only going to send four. He doesn't send five plus often mm-hmm. in the games that I watched. And I think just traditionally he doesn't, if I look at kind of extrapolate that over time. Uh, so his idea is to get pressure without having to send the house. Like he's not a, I'm going to send five, six guys multiple times per game. It's really going to be very situational when they're bringing the extra rusher, but they're going to give the look of sending five to seven guys almost every play. Mm-hmm. Every play, we're going to have different guys walked up into different gaps, but who's coming? We don't know the answer to that, right? They, so he's usually only going to send four. That's something I used to love about when I was, I want to say I got to Auburn in 02, and I really fell in love with football, college football. I liked pro football before I came to college, but I came to college, and then after that first year, I was like, okay, this is fun. So this is this is the thing. College football is my thing. Auburn, of course, is I'm here. I love the team. Between 04 and like 07 when Muschamp was, you know, 04 was chizzy. 05 and 07, I got so used to seeing Muschamp from the linebackers. They come up and stand in between the gap and then they shift. And then you have to see like, all right, who's coming? But it seems like every time we needed to get a set, we needed to get a stop, we got it under that defense. And it was always the shifting that stuck out in my head. Like that looks different than other, other ways I've seen defenses play. But I loved seeing Guess who's coming? Like that's that was that was my favorite thing about our defense because it worked. <laughs> Number one, it, it worked. So I always love seeing that. I, I I don't know if he does it with the shifts like that, but it'll be cool to see, man. Somebody just we have to be good enough up front for that to work, though. That's that's the thing. If you got four guys, that was 2020 was such a miserable year on defense for us. We couldn't get pressure to save our lives. And I was like, man, everybody was like, oh, is the secondary worse? Is the, the line? No, the defensive line was where we slacked up in 2020. I hope sticking to four means, yeah, you stick with four, but you get pressure with four. If you ain't getting pressure with four, you got to do something else. You definitely got to figure it out. Expect a lot of zone blitzes this year from our defense. Um, So four guys, but different guys coming on different plays. James Barnett jumps in and says, fellas, in your opinion, is the defense overstacked? There are so many potential starters and not to mention new additions. We may lose some talent. Man, listen, uh, the number one area, I'm always going to say defensive back because it's not like we just got some, already have some salt in the game. And it makes me wonder, um, with, with being accountable to some of the same people, will they lose some snaps and will that make them leave after the spring if they don't like the way things are going? Maybe for the true freshmen, of course not. Maybe for the Juco guys, of course not. But I don't know, man. Now defensive line is starting to look a lot like that. It's, it's starting to look like, listen, I could name you four guys who are already here at defensive line that make no sense for them not to play unless somebody great. Marcus Harris is, is a really good player. I wouldn't I wouldn't sit him down based on what I've seen. Jeffrey Emba, he hasn't proven it yet, so maybe he has to earn his starting time. I wouldn't sit Jason Jones down based on what I've seen. But I've got Justin Rogers, and you've got NJ Sledge who was in the system. You've got... Um, so many bodies at that Lawrence position. Johnson, the seal kite, those two guys. Yeah, just like, like they in. just transferred in with like yeah. one one guy's got one year of eligibility. I think one of them had two. I'm not I'm not sure, but 
what, are you going to you you coax them down here to say, all right, now sit behind these guys? And stuff? No, you're not going to sit these guys. Yeah, what, you're, you're going to rotate. Yeah, but like how many snaps are people getting, right? And, right. Uh, it's going to be interesting, man. Like, I don't, I have, it's a, it's going to be a tough task to answer the question or, or to, to make it more definitive. You can remove the word may uh, and replace it with will in that final sentence of what you just said. Yeah. We will lose some talent. Like, we it will. is inevitable that people are going to say, all right, I stuck it out through the spring, but I'm in my red shirt sophomore, red shirt junior year, mm-hmm. and I haven't moved up in the depth chart any. Let me go try my hand in the transfer portal. It's going to happen. Right. This, the interesting thing, and be will maybe we could talk about this tomorrow. Is kind of the, the we we've been kind of mulling over when we were going to have the whole transfer portal conversation. Tomorrow might be a time that we could just do that on a drop. Um, mm-hmm. But like the interesting thing about the transfer portal is it's just not having the returns that some of these young men are thinking that they're going to get when they yeah, hop out man. into it. Yeah. Uh, man. So you know. I, I I wish everybody the best of luck, but everybody's not going to win in the transfer portal. Right, They're just not. Right, uh, and it's going to be really tough uh, conversations being had with some people about you don't have enough tape to to make this make sense. So you're going to have to drop down a level if you want to play immediately. Right, it just kind of is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, D Mac jumps in and says. Do you think Zeke Walker can take the next step and start talking? Speaking of Zacavius Walker, now Another he bot. is a what a redshirt senior now, like I is a senior, yeah, senior? junior. Wait, like I think, I I like think he committed in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty was his incoming high school season, if I'm not mistaken. So he's going to be a re- what redshirt sophomore then? A redshirt sophomore is what he would be. Okay. Wait, freshman um, year twenty twenty, sophomore redshirt freshman year twenty twenty one, redshirt sophomore year twenty twenty two. So this would be his. Redshirt junior year, but you can strike 2020 because of the the exception. So this would be his redshirt sophomore year, having stricken uh, the 2020 season when he came in. Yeah. So yeah. Um. The question is, do I think he can take the next step? I don't know. I mean, listen, I I I haven't seen enough of him to know kind of even really where he is potentially at the. Uh, collegiate level he flashed in a couple of games late season i think 2020 he got in a little bit um he didn't play very much last season he was dealing with injury um he was one of the guys that jumped in the portal too right when yeah yeah. so like i just i don't know what 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 his ability to make a next step is going to be yet um i would hope so listen here's the thing whether he plays for auburn or somebody else as long as he doesn't play for any team that we're playing against I want them all to make the next step because they next step because I think they all have professional aspirations. So I want you to be your best self on every situation that you're going to be in. Um, but I do hope that it pays dividends for Auburn. But hey, man, I, I I don't know. Again, I can't throw I can't hold on to any evaluation that I've seen of recent because I don't know what in the world is going on. Right. Twenty two busy says if you're not risking losing talent, you're only one deep. This is something that you have to kind of embrace the reality of. If you're going to be a good team, you're going to stack the cupboards full of talent, and mm-hmm. some of that talent is going to have to walk out of the door eventually True. if they want to play. And if yeah. they're good enough, they're going to play somewhere else. Yeah, and what you hope is that as an organization, you're evaluating properly, and you don't, you're don't. you not like Ohio State where, okay, Joe Burrow, you're good, but why don't you just hit the number three? No, okay, well, you go win a Heisman in the national championship. Did Ohio State win a Heisman national championship? No, you made the wrong. I, I know Justin Fields was productive. I, I get it. If I choose guy A over guy B and guy B is vastly more successful, then I made the wrong decision. 
I, I know you yeah, made it tough. to a college football final or uh, the playoff final. It don't matter. You got the wrong dude. Yeah, I, I it, th- these are tough. De- I don't envy the decisions that these coaches because they have to make it in a very short amount of time, right? right? Like it's it's literally a couple of weeks of evaluating stuff before guys decide this ain't gonna work for me. Well, also, okay, so here's the thing though: when Justin Fields was transferring, right, he was a very high, highly rated prospect, so he left Georgia. You, you don't think a little bit of that was like, oh, we gotta get this guy here because he could do A, B, and C? It's like, yeah, he can't run like Joe Burrow can't run like Justin Fields. And maybe his arms not as big as Justin Fields. Listen, but- that's the exact same scenario I think that we're in right now with Holden Gariner. Like everybody's yeah. clamoring for a transfer quarterback. Robbie can't transfer, right? Right. Holden's the guy who has to be looking down the barrel of of QB three and saying to himself, "You guys want somebody else who can come in and start immediately?" A la Justin Fields transferring to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow was sitting at third string quarterback, and he was like, "Bro, I I'm the dude. What are we doing right. here?" Right. So he just went. Took his ball, went to LSU. He's like, I'm going to go find somewhere at a Power 5 program that's going to let me sling it, and I'm going to prove everybody wrong. Right. That's exactly what he did. Now, I'm not, I am not saying... Holden Garner equal Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. That is not what you're that saying. That is literally not what I am saying. Somebody's going to hear that, though. But yeah. They're going to 100%. <laughs> are you comparing <laughs> to Joe Burrow? <laughs> I'm just talking about the situation, guys. Calm down. Right. Settle down. But, but yeah, man, uh, I don't know. But you're, you're going to lose talent. If you have a talented team, you're going to lose talent. That happens literally at the NFL level. It happens everywhere, man. When you have a bunch of talented players, mm-hmm. those players want to play. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. Leanne Owens, uh, don't we need to uh, need some of some to leave to make the roster, no- roster number? How many spots over are we? I think we're right at the spot or we got one over. So listen, we're definitely going to lose dudes. I mean, yeah. we've, we've, we've kind of foreshadowed that for a while here. There's no way you can get, and this is what happens when you stock your roster properly. Like I think, um, 22 busy just said it. If you're not risking losing talent, then you're only one D we could be comfortable because our backup QB had been in successive seasons, uh, Grant Loy in court Sandberg in the sec. Our backup quarterbacks, this is no shade to either one of those guys. No, it's 100% shade for me. No, that, that's shade to Gus Malzahn for me. Oh, because for sure. they had no business on, these, on this roster. Our quarterback recruitment had thinned out to the point where we were counting on a legacy quarterback. Because I don't think, if Bo Nix won legacy, I don't think he comes here. Because Gus Malzahn had done jack squat with quarterbacks. The one who had the probably the most potential was the one who went to Liberty. As far as what Gus Malzahn had typically done and found success doing, we were so thin there that all these guys, yeah, I can I can hang behind Bo Nix and go out because you don't have anything to do. Yeah. You could go play baseball if you want. You know what I'm saying? Like when guys are comfortable being on the roster behind other guys, it's because this is the best place they could be at a major program, getting scholarship, getting that uh, what do you call it? It's like the the value of your scholarship plus what you need to live money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this is the best thing you could do. Yeah. This is the best you're going to get. Or are you going to step down somewhere to a, to a group of five school and maybe tough it out there? But listen, man, maybe football isn't really the, the, the brightest thing in your future. So you know what? You hang out. You stay on this, on this team. You go to practice. You're going to become a firm part of the family. You're going to graduate, get your degree, and then you're going to be an Auburn man for the rest of your life. And that is a really good deal. That's a really good deal for a lot of these guys. But if you want to be the best program you can be, you need guys who are like, I am rotting on this bench. I should be getting reps because I've got NFL potential and I got to show it somewhere. Y'all got to give me a shot or I'm out of here. 
that's how you know you got quality depth. That's how you know you got quality backups. And we we hadn't been there in so long, man. I'm I would I would be glad to be upset that we are losing guys after spring practice and after a day because that means they thought these high prospects weren't the best guys to start yet and they had to go find somewhere else to play good then that means you really think a lot of the guys you, you got is number one and number two great right. i'm with it and we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot about our ability to evaluate talent if we're if we're as stacked as we think we are then your ability to evaluate talent has to be keen because you can't make the wrong decisions here and that doesn't mean somebody can't go somewhere else and be successful that just means the guy that you chose over him better be equally or be, or more successful in your system right all right, we are going to get out of here, man. We appreciate you guys dropping in with us this morning. We are the War Report right here on the Morning Drop. We'll be right back at you guys tomorrow morning. As always, War Eagle, and we will see you all later. Peace. Peace. Drop!